Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset with Bob Chang and Nick Davis. Today is a beautiful day and we're here. Yeah, it feels like, you know, up in upstate New York, Ithaca, New York, feels like another summer, spring day. I think it hit 80 today and it does not make sense for October. So as every episode begins, or at least as most of them do when I remember to bring the check with me, pulling out the wallet, digging for this good old check here. And putting the three hundred dollars on the table, and my hair, and your—I'm not putting your hair on the table, but it is metaphorically there. All right, there's that good old check. Cool, legendary, legendary. Um, yeah, and, and like every other episode, we don't know what we're going to talk about, but um, hopefully, I think today will something good will come out of it. Yeah. Um, so, Bob, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So. Um, you know, you've made a lot of commitments with this and everything, and I think your big focus for having an accountability partner that you invited me to be is how can you stay disciplined with doing what you want to do when times are busy and trying to prioritize that? Yes. And so, I mean, this is right now basically the end of a condensed semester for you. You've got one week left. You've got a big practical tomorrow. You've got some big exams early next week. What's that feeling like for you? So, in the grand scheme of things, I think I've been making progress, right? I've been doing webinars, yep. which I've never done before. Yeah. I've been doing Facebook Lives. Yeah, I haven't done webinars before. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been doing Facebook Lives, yep. which I've never done before prior to this month. I have been going to groups, yep. and I've never done that before prior to <coughs> excuse me, um, past months. So, in the grand scheme of things, I'm, I think I'm, I'm doing more. Nice. But I don't know if that's equating to, to actual progress. Yeah. No, so that's, uh, what I heard Denzel Washington say once is don't mistake movement for progress. Yeah. And it's, it can be a tricky business because you got to get moving to get towards that progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing stuff, doing more things. and yep. I'm glad that I'm doing more things. And it feels good for the things that you are doing. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm actually getting anywhere. Um, but maybe, so I don't know if I'm making any sense. We'll find but, out. But I think I'm just a snail crawling right now. Okay. And I'm crawling very, very slow. So when I look at myself, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like I'm making any progress. Okay. But then if I look at from a 10-year grand scheme of things. Yep. I think I'm making progress. Gotcha. So it's hard to see the day-to-day or even week-to-week sometimes gains that you're making. Yes. But when you take that step back, it's like, um, you know, you don't realize that you've grown taller when you're younger or, like, your parents might not realize. But then you go see that, like, crazy aunt and uncle that you only see once a year or something. They're like, oh, boy, look how big you've grown or whatever, stuff like that. Yeah. You need that outside perspective in a way to say, okay, this is how the change has happened over a long period of time. Yes. Now, question for you. Is that snail crawling in the right direction? That is a good question. Um, I think so. Okay. And how, how do you measure it? How do you, how do you interpret that? How do I make sure that my snail is crawling in the right direction? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And... If I was to, if I was to think about it more, um, I, I, 
So my vision of where I want to become yep. or where I want to be is I want to help other people not um, have the suffering from dieting yep. and like do it with more of a flexible diet yep. and uh, a sustainable diet. That's so you want to integrate health into their lifestyle. Yes. Um, another more personal reason yeah. what I want to do this for and is is this this might sound selfish. Okay. Um but it's to overcome the hill that my mom built. Tell me more. Uh so those two are the, the main things that I guess drive me. Yeah. Um the second part is that my mom has has built a lot. Like as she she came to America by herself. Yeah. She had a suitcase. I don't know if I told the story before, but she came to America. It's a good just, story anyway. Yeah, she came to America with just a, a suitcase. Yep. Um, and she didn't know anybody, but she came here to, to teach. Now, was she an acupuncturist at the time? Yes. So, okay. So, she was so very skilled. Very skilled. Well, she wasn't a licensed acupuncturist in, in the States. Right. But she was practicing acupuncture in China for many, many years. Yeah. Um, so she came here to teach acupuncture. And she didn't know anybody, so she just had a suitcase. Um, Imagine that. I mean, having a language cultural barrier yep coming in suitcase not even being certified to teach what you're teaching in the country you're going to yep wow she knew nobody zippo people um zippo even a word i don't even know now it is (laughs) now it is but she was teaching at a i think she was presenting something and that's how she came to the states yep and she had nowhere to live after so she asked one of the like the people in the conference, yep. if if she could live with them on in like their couch, uh-huh. and basically that's what she did. She she lived with the like a new friend. Yeah, right. She made during the conference. Wow. And she so lived, being bold and brave enough to try a new passion, new pursuit. Yep. Somebody you just met asking, by the way, can I move in from across the world? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And then. Ever since then, she became best friends with that lady yeah. that she moved into. Well, I hope so, because if you move into somebody's house, either you become good friends or, yeah. like, eh, kind of awkward for a while. Yeah, and she um, she was grinding, right? She, yeah. She, she took her acupuncture license, and she told me that for a week, she didn't leave her house. She didn't leave her room. Well, she, she left her room to pee and eat, yeah. but that was it. But then she was studying for her license exam. Yeah. Um, and she passed it, and then she started opening her own clinic in the house that she of her friends. Wow. So she was still living on the couch, in the basement couch of her friends. Yep. Um, house, apartment, whatever. Right, right, yeah. And then he, she started, after she passed the licensing exam, she started getting patients in to that place. Gotcha. Um, I don't know how legal that is. Either way it happened. Either way it happened. But or, she, or maybe it's a metaphorical situation. Yeah, let, let's say it's more metaphorical. Metaphorical story. So yeah. anyways, continue this metaphorical um, story. But, so she put up ads on the newspaper, the Chinese yeah. newspaper, and then people came in to, to get acupuncture and people were feeling better yeah. and all that. And then one day my dad came in yep. and uh, my dad bought my brother, who was, who was a tennis player, he was, he was a collegiate, collegiate tennis player. Okay. And um, he had, like, shoulder pain, shoulder tendonitis, and, yep. and my mom cured him. So was this the first time that your dad met your mom? Yes. Okay. Um, they met together. Then I don't know what happened. They got married. Something, yep. some, some magic happened. Something romantic along those lines. Yeah. Um, they got married, and then 
I don't know what what happened after that. Well, it probably happened after that. I, 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 yeah, probably I got born after that. But um, eventually, she opened her own clinic. Yeah, she was renting out uh, a clinic uh, in Elmhurst, which is part of Queens. Yep. Um, she started practicing there for like I think twenty five years ago. Um, until she actually bought the place, so she's not renting it. Like any anymore. So now she fully owns it. She she fully owns it, and that was like a process that she had to go through. So, she opened that one clinic. Then she decided to open another clinic, um, in another area of Queens. Um, she worked with that for a few years, but decided that she was just gonna focus on one. So she yep. sold that. Uh, she sold the second practice. Um, I don't know when what the timeline is of when she got her like houses too. Yeah. But basically, she came to the States with just a suitcase. And now, wow. she has a clinic that's fully functioning. Um, she's, renting out the, she's renting out the clinics upstairs, like houses, yep. to people. Um, she has her own house in Queens. Yep. She has multiple cars. Yep. And we have a dog. Wow. So Important things. Dogs are always very important. Yep. And... Well, she, she has some more properties as well, but she built this entire big mountain. What a story and what an example of perseverance and dedication. Yeah. I mean, she could have decided that she was going to quit right. and go back to China. And none of this, w- I would have never been born. Right. Right. Um, but basically, she built this entire mountain. And as an offspring, as like a, as a son yeah. or like a daughter... You're expected to overcome that that mountain to build upon to or to build upon to, or to build your own mountain that's yeah. that's even bigger, right? Or you don't have to if if that's not your ambition. Yeah. But I feel like that's my ambition, and that's what drives me to keep on going. Um, that's actually what after like after some podcast episodes, I really like sat down and thought about it. Yeah. And that's I think the core of it. And you're ready for that adventure, that mission. And I'm I'm ready. I, I, I know my mom and my dad both has, or my family has entrepreneurial DNA. Yeah. So my mom, like I said, built built something from nothing. Yeah. My dad also built something from nothing. Tell he me came, more about that, yeah. He came, well, now he's not in, in the greatest financial situation, but when he came to uh, the States. And where did he come from? He came from uh, Taiwan. Okay. So he came with... Um, his his wife, his ex, or his ex-wife? Okay. Yes, right? Um, yeah, no, my, my, my mom's and my dad is divorced as well. Right. So, they're, so the ex-ex-wife, there we go. Okay. Um, they the came wife from, at the time. The, yeah, the wife at a the time. There we go. Thanks, yep. Nick. So um, my dad came over with her because they had some family here in the yep. States. And I don't know what happened, but I think he started to work in... He came earlier than my mom. Okay. And at that time, nobody really spoke. There wasn't really a lot of Chinese people. And a lot of the, the white people or the Caucasian people looked looked down on my dad. Oh, okay. Um, because they're, they're, he Just was different, differences, right? yeah. Yeah. So um, he, was, he's, he, was, he was a construction worker. He, he built, like, wood. He was a carpenter in Taiwan. Yep. Um, so he came to the States, and he, and he decided to get a job at uh just a big construction company right okay and they had a quota of that they wanted like one or two doors 
put in for a house or, or building per day. Okay. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. And my dad was like, yeah, I could do a lot more, and I'm going to prove these, to these people that I could do a lot more. Yeah. So while everybody else was doing two to three doors per day, he was doing like nine to ten doors wow. per day. So I wouldn't want to compete with that, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was driven because he had, he had a family that he needed to feed to, right. and he had nothing as well. Yeah. He was starting with nothing. Well, uh, a few de- hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, it's pr- that's pretty to much To travel nothing. across the country and start new, that's pretty tough. Yeah. So he, he just started, I guess, hustling. Yeah. Right? Um, and then eventually he got like, he got paid the most. I think it was like hundred something dollars an hour. Wow. Yeah. To, to work there. So he eventually started his own business and his business went well for a few years, but then recently he's not doing so well health wise and financially wise. So that makes it tough to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. So the business kind of fell apart. Yep. But he, he, he owns his own house as well. Yep. And again, he came with nothing. Right. Right. So two of my fa- two of my parents, they both built something out of nothing. Yeah. And I feel um strong roots. Strong roots with uh, this this entrepreneurial DNA and and also a, a strong in- incline inkling to overcome these mountains. Does that like make it. sense? It makes um, total sense. And that brings me to another point where it's so important to be grateful. Yes. Well, I'm I'm very grateful to be born, right? Especially in my circumstances, I'm, I'm very, very lucky, like beyond lucky. Yeah. And it's just important to realize that. Like, it's also important to realize that we're so lucky to, to be walking, talking, eating. Everything. Right? These little things that we often take for granted as the normal that our brain puts in the back of our mind to go on autopilot, automatic. To be efficient, we still have to do that. Yeah. But to enjoy and to savor it too. And to savor the life we have. Yeah. And I mean in um in class, in neuroanatomy class, we yep. learn all these like conditions and diseases. Yeah. And And I, preparing you for patients that you'll help in the future. Well yeah, but I I can't imagine myself having that disease, right? Yeah. So like not being able to speak while being able to understand everything. Right. That's being able to, to talk is, is, I guess, a privilege, right? Or like it's, it's something we're, we're blessed to have. And yeah, it's a very important ability. Yeah. Is everything making sense? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but do you know what the chances of being born are? I have never been one from remembering statistics. It's got to be something like 1 in 10 million. So, you know how there's like a bill, like millions of sperm cells going into that? To that one egg. Yep. And yeah, there's, and, it's going swimmingly, man. Yeah, and, and there's all these moments where your, your parents could or could not have sex. Yep. Right? So, based on science, I don't know how they did the science, it's, it's one in 400 trillion. One in 400 trillion. And that's a pretty big number. It's a big number. It, it's a very, very big number. I can't even comprehend that. It's, you know it's a big number because it's a number that's bigger in our country's financial debt. Exactly, yes. And bigger than my student loans. That's how you know it's a big number. <laughs> it's, it's bigger than those two combined times 10. Wow. So, yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, the, definitely. The way, way, like, over, yes, way over. Way over. Way over, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, let me count my student debt again. We'll find out. <laughs> no, but that means we're lucky. Very lucky. Right? And 
And I, I'm like preaching stuff from basically Gary Vaynerchuk, who, uh-huh. who I listen to a lot. But basically, he preaches the the one in four hundred trillion being born, and that he doesn't understand why people complain or are upset. Yeah. Because we're so lucky to be born, and we're so lucky to be just walking around, and not a table. Does that <laughs> it's make a funny sense? way of putting it, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Th- that's what he preaches, and I really resonated with that. I don't know if you resonate with that. Um, but basically, we're yeah, lucky. We're very fortunate. We have a lot to be grateful for. Now, Bob, when you think of that combination of that you're very grateful, you have a lot to be thankful for, and the roots of your family, and that ambition that you have, what does that draw you to do? And how do you feel with that? What does this draw me to do? And yeah. this brings us back full circle to that, where, how do I make sure that the snail is going on the right direction? Yeah. Um, because it's, it's easy to see the possibilities for ambition yep. and say, I will go after something and be ambitious. But how do you know that you're going after the right thing? How do you know that you're going after the right thing? Well, this is um, something we talked about in the past. Yep. About the, the pie. I don't know, the persistent pie. Persistent pie, there we go. But basically... This is my opinion, but basically you don't know Yeah. if you're going in the right direction. I don't know if you actually had an answer. Oh, I know. I was more curious about you personally. Well, like you, you don't know, right? You don't know at the end if, if, the, if you like blueberry pie, at the end if you like apple pie. Yep. You just got to try it in the end. And yep. then if you don't like it, you change it, right? That brings right. us back. You find out who you're not before you find out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And then... The, I remember, like, during that episode, I asked you um, if I really wanted to do physical therapy. And you yeah. said it doesn't matter if you do or don't. Because right, at the end of the day, it's, did you try it or did you not try it? Yeah. And, I mean, in, like, the grand scheme of things, if I do this online coaching thing and it does well yep. or it doesn't do well and it flops, yep. I still have time to go do something else. All the time. You know? And that's the thing, too, is that... On the other end of being thankful and having this gratitude and being lucky for being born, I think too many of us take the future, the next day, for granted. Huh. Because, I mean, this goes way back to the teachings of Buddha, but the future is a figment of our potential imagination. And while it is grounded in patterns and strong beliefs, there is so much we can't control. You have no idea if something isn't going to happen. I'm not suggesting walking around in a paranoid state because you having anxiety for what the future will bring that may not even happen does you no good. But it's not right to waste that time either. Yeah. Huh. You know what What your thing? How you, you said that, like, we take the next day for granted? Yeah. That really reminded me of, of something um, Ryan Holiday said. I don't okay. know if you know who Ryan Holiday is. Not familiar, no. He, he wrote the book, like, The Ego's Enemy, The Obstacle of the Way. Okay. Um, but basically, he talks about how we should live, like, every day like it's our last day. Yeah. Because it might be our last day. Yeah. I could get hit by a bus in the next 10 minutes. Right. Right? The, the house that we're in right now could collapse in the next 10 seconds. Possibly. And then 
if you're at your dying moment and you ask yourself, did I achieve what I wanted to achieve, even if I were, if I was gonna die the next day? Yeah. I think that's the way to live. I don't know. Maybe I'm just preaching to the choir. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you are. And it's at the end of the day, we have no way of knowing. You know what that reminds me of too is um something Will Smith talks about in that live every 15 minutes like it's your last last 15 minutes and how you talked before about you will get things done in the time you give yourself mm-hmm. and it's all talking about don't dwell on the past yeah don't be so incredibly caught up in the future live your life for what it is and enjoy every moment and go after it with ambition don't pace yourself like you know it's going to take 8 hours for something Go after it with purpose. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But going back to the, the original topic that we were talking about. Yeah. Of how I know personally if I was making progress um, rather than just being busy. Right. Right. And I think the general consensus, like from everything from that, like 20-minute side tangent. Yep. Is basically... I'm training more for mindset yeah. rather than actual monetary gain or actual like performance. You're Does that build, make sense? You are actively building yourself into the man you want to become and the product will follow that. Yeah, d- definitely. Um, <clears throat> and it's like I'm training um, like, you know, the, the getting hit in the face muscle. Yeah, you seem to like that muscle. I, I think that's my favorite muscle. I'm going <laughs> to reference it forever oh my to the gosh. end of time now. Um, Look at that. Be careful who you tell it to with all your patients as a future physical therapist. Oh, yeah, you're right. But maybe if maybe I'll tell all my patients. Maybe I'll have a sign in the front door. <laughs> your, the best muscle to train is the getting hit in the face muscle. But basically... <laughs> oh, man. But, like, basically, every time I fail, because, like, with the posts that I'm putting out, that I'm spending like an hour, two hours with. Yeah, daily. Nobody's engaging, right? And and that's up to me to, I guess, really look look at what, what ways I can improve. And, and I'm not doing that. So that's yeah. a fault on my part. But I'm failing like constantly every day, but I'm not giving up, right? That's training my mindset. That's training my getting hit in the face muscle. And by not, by just not giving up, do you feel yourself fatiguing, getting tired by that? Or what, what are you feeling with that? I do. Um, I do feel tired. I do feel like, is this really worth it? Yeah. But then I realize that I'm training that muscle. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And it's a, it's a very delicate balance between training your endurance of understanding failure and a, trying to acknowledge when do I have to change my direction, not give up, mm-hmm. not collapse everything, but reroute and redirect a little bit. Okay. And it's, it's a very delicate balance because I think pe- too many people do the opposite of you try something once and it doesn't work. Yeah. So you don't do it because it didn't work. Interesting. Well, just because you tried something one time doesn't mean that that's evil. Yeah. Or that it's bad or it's unsuccessful. It just means when you did that one time it didn't work. That's like saying that, you know, you... 
let's say you're in middle school or whatever, and you're trying out for the soccer team, and you try it as a goalie, and they're shooting penalty kicks on you, and you let a ball go in. But then immediately in the back of your mind you say, oh no, I'm not, I'm not a goalie, this isn't for me. Man, there are professional soccer goalies that let a ball go in. And just because you made a mistake or you didn't achieve the outcome you want in the time frame that you want, the way you lined it up perfectly in your mind for that future, that's not a reason to give up. But it, we also have to be careful not to to be strategic in what we do and not... Not just be busy to be busy. Right, exactly. Not just huh, be busy to be busy. And it's... In life, too, speaking of that gratitude and thankfulness, there are many times in my life I've had to say no to great opportunities because I've already been full of amazing opportunities. And, yes, you want some room to be able to accept new ones, but, I mean, I've had to turn down a bunch of great clients. I've had to turn down different opportunities I've had for pursuing different things because yeah. I'm doing other things that are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You can't do everything. You can't, and you've got to prioritize, and sometimes in the moment, one priority doesn't necessarily seem stronger than the other, mm-hmm. but I think, and sometimes I live dangerously on the edge of this, about not being busy for the sake of being busy, because I know what I'm going after is really good and important and helpful, but even if I am going after what I'm going after, am I doing too much at one time? And I know that I can get so excited and so wrapped up and pumped up about everything I'm going after that is, it can be easy to add on one more little thing Yeah, that equates to that. But it's also important to be able to say no to a certain extent, too. And that self-regulation is a very key part of success, I believe. So how, how do you know? Like, how do you know when, when to uh, change directions? And when to stick with it? That's a good question. That's a very straightforward question that doesn't have a straightforward answer necessarily. I'll tell you um, what my experience is when I've got to turn opportunities down, when I've got to say no to stuff. Okay. Um, For me, let's say I've already got a lot of really good stuff going on that I enjoy, that I value. Um, and in different times of life, you're going to prioritize different things, but you still need a certain degree of balance. And I check kind of the different, the different columns of my life as far as different categories of involvement and really ask myself, what's bringing me fulfillment? What's bringing me fulfillment in this moment? And that can be with academics. That can be with friends. That can be with pursuing other um, physical therapy-related things. That can be with um, a lot of sports. It can be with anything. It can be with my faith. So when I ask myself, I I do a check-in with myself and say, how am I really doing in these areas? What in these areas is bringing me fulfillment? Mm -hmm. What in these areas is kind of neutral? And what's weighing me down? The first thing I do is for anything in my power, I get rid of the stuff that's weighing me down. You're right. Because there's no need for that. Yeah. We're playing busy already. Mm-hmm. We don't need that stuff. Um, 
Uh, then I look at the things that, okay, this may not be bringing me true fulfillment in the moment, but it's leading me closer to where I need to get. Okay. And I try not to do too many of those things. Yeah. Like for me, I'm not a huge research guy. Yeah. I'm very much a clinician. I love to practice. I love working with patients, with people. I love educating. I love teaching. I'm not huge into the research. Yep. Yeah, I'm working on a research project right now. I'm working on um, a controlled trial with certain types of back pain. I'm also working on a case report. Part of it is I didn't have a choice with the case report. I kind of had to do that. But it's about a very interesting patient, stuff I enjoy within that category. Okay. And the back pain study is with a fantastic group of people. So when I'm pondering about, okay, how do I get to where I need to go, where I want to go, I try not to have too many things that are neutral now and great for the future because there's no guarantee with the future. Okay. And notice how I'm not being whimsical. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, whatever, just live in complete bliss now. No, everything else I'm doing is still leading me up for success. I just... I have so many things right now where I feel like they are leading me up for success in the future. Yep. I only want to compromise the present so much for that. And it's part about enjoying the ride and enjoying the journey and the path that you're on. So for me, when I say no to other opportunities, I, one, evaluate the context of my life as it is. Then I have to evaluate the context of my life and my seeking fulfillment and purpose in the things that I do with that new thing added on. And I'm not somebody that likes half-assing things. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I add something on, I want to fully take it on. Yeah. And I've got to evaluate, okay, does doing this, where does it have to be compromised in other areas to do it? And is that truly worthwhile? And when it's not, when it seems like there, it creates more of those kind of eh, neutral things. Or if there's anything that happens there, there that weighs me down significantly. <laughs> um, bless you, I think. I'm, I'm just not going to pursue that. Because I don't, I don't need to. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to demote the quality of life at this moment. And so that was a very long-winded answer. Okay. How do I discern opportunities? And your question was more about how do you know you're going on the right direction? <laughs> right? Well, yes. Well, how do you know when to shift opportunities? Yeah. And how do you know when to pick the right, go to another one? But, I'm but gonna, yeah, I, I like that. Can I, can I give, add a point to that? Yeah, go ahead. I, there are so many different like 80, 20 rules in life. Yep. Um, I don't like accepting opportunities that I'm 100% prepared for. If I walk into a moment and I feel like I truly like do a true self-analysis of myself and I feel absolutely 100% prepared for something, for an opportunity at hand, I don't usually like accepting it because that means I'm not getting growth from it. Now, it's not saying like for your practical tomorrow, for example, no, I'd study my butt off Mm -hmm. to make sure I'm as close to 100% ready as I can be. But for me, it would be like, why would I take a class if I was 100% ready for it? If I was 100% ready, I wouldn't take the class. If I was around 80% ready to take the class and to do that, 
yeah, I'll do it. Because that means I'm gaining experience from being there. And I've talked about this before um, in the podcast and earlier episodes, but you should be having a growth experience in everything you do. Okay. Like, you shouldn't be going through the motions. You shouldn't be going through the motions, and you shouldn't do something that will not challenge you even a little bit in some way. Yeah. And I think that for when I need to change pace is when I either feel like I'm starting to go through the motions in something, mm-hmm. and that change of pace can just be a focus, change of attention in that same area, or when I feel like I don't need to prepare more for this, I'm totally ready. Because if I feel totally ready, I'm not gaining as much of a nurturing experience from that. If I'm not still learning, I'm not still benefiting in some way. Okay. And those lessons can come in a variety of ways. But I think it's really important to keep in mind that when doing these, when going after things or changing direction, you're gaining things and you're, you're growing from it. And you have the balance of that of not having too many just neutral things, of having things that you're enjoying in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I think of what you were talking about last episode of how you're meeting with all these groups and everything. And when you do get responses, you get a lot of gracious messages coming back to you yeah. about people who are really appreciative of your of your help. Mm-hmm. That's fulfillment. That's bringing you up. That's saying I'm starting to achieve part of my purpose. And it does sound like some of the other things you're talking about, it's You've got to go through some neutral territory to break the ground. And I see mixes in you right now of that really excited, fired up, like this is what I'm going after, that I want to create that new mountain for myself. Yeah. But also some mixes of neutral, like that little bit of fatigue with it too. Hmm. So I would... What I would do in your shoes or what I would do for myself in a similar position is I would kind of like... I would put a timestamp on today I put a mark on today's calendar and say I'm going to do an evaluation of myself over the next three weeks and say from this date to three weeks in the future how have my areas been affected in my life how have these all these different constructs that define who I am which ones get me fired up and ready for the future but also pumped up about the current, the present which ones are kind of that neutral that like it's good, it's decent but you're having great opportunities for the future, and where are you being weighed down? Hmm. That's something important to think about. And if if that cha- look at where the trend goes over those three weeks, if the trend stays the same mm. throughout, just a little minor fluctuation, a minor adjustments needed. So you're saying week one and week yeah. three, week yeah. one, <coughs> week one, um. You're writing everything you're passionate about, then you're grading them as things that giving you fulfillment, mm-hmm. things that are just giving you slight fulfillment. Yep. Um, but you're not really as passionate about. Yeah. And then number three, things that are weighing you down. Weighing you down exactly. Things that you don't like doing exactly. But is there a category for things you don't like doing, but you have to do? Is that I think that that falls under um, the second one. So I like that's a good that's a good point where things you have to do as far as like external demands on yourself and all that yeah. that are just out of your control. Yes. 
I those are separate for me. Because if they are absolutely, truly out of your control, they should be weighed and they should be, you have to assess them in terms of how they interact with everything else. But I would further separate everything in those categories to controllable and uncontrollable. Because you can just cast those, uncon if they're truly uncontrollable, you cast those uncontrollable things aside. Because it doesn't do you good energy focusing on them if you truly can't control it. Okay. Do you have, like, a, an example? So for me, um, I think of physical therapy school right now. Yep. I've got my required courses. You know, that's part of my program. That's part of my major. That's part of what I'm doing. In my mind, my activity in them is uncontrollable to a certain extent. It's, that's what I've signed up to do. You know, maybe I'm not as passionate and quite as fired up about my pediatrics course as I am about my ortho or manual courses. Now, okay. there's great things to learn from all of them, but maybe it's, I'm only getting things here and there from pediatrics, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. I, I like that. But from the ortho and manual stuff and some of the pain science stuff, I'm really latching on to that. So whatever is going on in those required courses, I'll still invest my time and my energy, but those are uncontrollable. Those are things that I've signed up for as a part of my degree program. The uncontrollable things are these electives I'm taking. Mm -hmm. My, the, sorry, yeah, the controllable things yep. are the electives I'm taking, the TA jobs I have, my personal training, um, a lot of the friends in my life, all the other activities and sports I do. Those are the controllable things I sign up for. Like this. Like this, exactly, like doing yep. this podcast with you. Okay. And so those are the things that I need to focus on. Interesting. Like again, you said you don't wanna you don't wanna be half half assed with any of them. No. Okay. Not at all. And that there are moments where I don't necessarily feel like I can always give absolutely a hundred percent all the time because mm -hmm. that's a ton of intensity. Yeah. But it needs to be a natural shifting balance. It can't be that I'm consistently half assing anything. It might be that I go from 100% focus in something to like 90% focus in something. And then it fluctuates back up as you prioritize your time. Because that happens with everybody. You have to make those decisions. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I yeah. think that's what my goal is this week. Okay, tell me more about that. What, you want, what do you want it to look like? Figure out what, what all my passions are. Yeah. What do I do? Like, what is my, what is everything? Yep. And categorize them. Yeah. And to you know, Bob, that you're doing that in a week. I'm willing to bet that if for people who are listening to this podcast, if they did that, even if it took them a whole year or half a year to write down everything they're passionate about and categorize it, their life would get much better that following year after. If they just, if they even took a few months to do that those next few months after that would get much better because you're automatically turning the unconsciousness into consciousness and focusing on what you value. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a fantastic goal. I'm going to, so the goal is to have that like physical copy, physical copy and bring it here. And we're going to talk gonna, about it. We're going to talk about it on the podcast next week. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. And then for the check about last check. week. Yeah. Let's talk um, about that. So last week's goal was to redo my, funnel kind of thing yeah to get people in and i redid it i i 
pretty much changed the front end product, so the bait to okay. get people in. Yep. So I'm offering now like a, a free five habit ebook. Yep. So it's like a twenty page long thing. Oh, cool. Um, that I created, and they just entered their email, and I put ads to it, and they they come. Yep. So far, I got two people. Nice. That's better than zero. Better so than zero. I think it's that's start. some sort of progress right there. Yep. Um. And I've been doing lives every day. Yep. I don't know how I've been talking for... for that long? For, uh, well, each live is on the average of 10 minutes. Yep. I don't know how I'm talking for that long every time. Uh, you're a neuro, right? The cerebellum takes over. It's all unconscious. Yes, you're right. And um, just like this. Yep. Everything I hear is unconscious. I th- hope, Hopefully not. <laughs> all right. But I've been doing that. I've been on the Facebook groups. I've been posting. Um, but I think you're right. I I'm I think I'm a little bit half assing it. You think so? I think so. Now do you think <coughs> because you're spending so much time it's kind of what you're being held to is an hour every single day of certain things plus you're doing your additional stuff? Do you think because it's so extremely routine and you're just in the habit of I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, does that make it more likely, the habitualness of it? that you're in a half-ass it when you do it, because in my mind, it's like when you give people a certain amount of time to do something, they have to get it done. But for you, it almost seems like there's not as much of a deadline to get certain objectives done. Yeah. It seems like this is what I do every day. Yeah. Can I tell you what I do? Please. So the best way to get engagement is to post multiple times at multiple different times throughout the day. Yep. So what I do... Is since I'm half-assing it, okay. and I don't want to half-ass it. Yep. Right. I'm posting at 9 p.m. Yep. And 11 p.m. Yep. I do my Facebook Live at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. So every day. Yeah, in that like time frame. Yeah. And what you're supposed to do is one at 9 a.m., one at 12 p.m., one at. Right. 8 so you get a varied audience, and yeah. not just like whoever is like, no, nah, I don't want to study for this neuropractical. I'm a shit. Like, go through Facebook right now. Yeah. And I haven't been really, like, 100% giving it in my all with my post. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest. Okay. And I think honesty is important. Honesty is important. When you're the one seeking out the accountability, it doesn't do good to lie to it. You're right. It does not lie. You're right. I'm the one seeking the accountability, and I shouldn't be lying. Yep. Right, and and you really hit the he- the the nail on the head today. Of, I do you do you do sense that you're I'm building that mountain to overcome my my parents' mountain, mm-hmm. but also a little bit like less less fire. Is that yeah. what you said? There's, I, I, you seem less passionate. You seem yeah. like you're being weighed down by a little bit of the monotony of it. Yeah. Huh. Which I think, which I think is a normal reaction, a normal phase to go through. Yeah. But it's a. We need to keep that short term, and we need to when we notice that happening, for any of our lives, for myself included, when I feel like that's that monotony of oh one more day of class. Yeah. No, you need to remind yourself what you're passionate about, man. You need to get back to the center of that. Huh. I think the question I need to start asking. Um, to really get me back out of this, like going through the motions phase, yeah, 
is asking myself, what can I do to improve this the next time? Yeah. That's how it should be every time. That should be every time. With anything you do. Yes. You're right. Yeah, with every patient we see, with every interaction we have. So, so what do you think I should do, Nick? In addition to the goals for next week. Next time we meet. Reiterate the goals next week again. So, so far, what that one goal is, is to have a list of sheet. Yep. A sheet of everything I'm passionate about. Yep. With my strengths. Yep. Not my strengths, sorry. With everything I'm passionate about, with things that I'm, that give me fulfillment. Yep. Things that give me some fulfillment, yep. but also I'm not that passionate about. Yep. And things that just weigh me down. Okay. In addition to that, I think you should change. This is going to be a little bit less, it's going to be hard to quantify. But I think you should change the way you post in terms of the posts can be simple, they can be small, but get your excitement out there. And I think you should try and change the times you post too to change it up. Because if you're only hitting, if you say you're posting kind of all day, but you're only doing a three-hour window, yeah, that's, there can be room to improve. And maybe that's, you know, like you said, when you wake up in the morning, you spend time focusing on this stuff. You write out all the stuff you got to do so that you just have to maybe copy and paste and submit at a certain time of day. Yeah. You're right. That's what I would recommend for you, but it's got to be your decision. Well, it's just it's just got got to be me doing it. Right. Do you feel like it's something you could do? I mean, I'll try my best. All right. I mean, because that's all we can do, right? That's all we can do. So reiterate to me again, Bob, so that you're the one saying it what you're going to do for next week. So we've already confirmed that for this week, you met it. I met it. Which is, now it's an easy way for me to tell because if you walk in here bald, that means you didn't meet it. You're right. Well, I'm probably going to mention to you first and then shave my head. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, That's, but um, I did it, but I did it half fast. So I don't know if that counted or not. I will count it. Okay. And, the, and for both you and our listeners, <coughs> the specific reason I'm going to count it is because you're asking yourself that question of what can I do better next time. And your goal for the following week is actively addressing the deficit that you had. So you, till, you still, by technical definitions, met your goal from last mm-hmm. week. Yep. It was not your quality. It was not what it should have been, right? Yeah. But you are going through the active process of being better. And you're alert and you by these goals you're setting for next week yep. to be accountable for, that is your active commitment to get better from this past week. Okay. I'll take it. Good. Thanks, Nick. Perfect. All right. So three hundred dollars check is back in my hands and we shall evaluate next week what happens. But but just to just to reiterate, the the goal is to itself Post that more consistent times and fix my deficits. To to your goal is to fix the deficits. Yep. To post at different times. Okay. And that can be that you still post a little bit at night, but you know, a couple times here and there during the day too. Okay. For each day, uh, then to come up with that list. Okay, I like it. That's All right. It. All right. Thank Perfect. you for manifest mindset. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us, manifest mindset. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your mind.